You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's just nine Sundays until our first NFL Sunday of the 2021 NFL season. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We got a huge podcast on tap for you today. Of course, make sure you're following along at Lockdown Network at B O B R A C K. We've got some insight on a legend of the game who could be coming back or retiring before the 2021 season. And was Super Bowl 55 just the beginning of the MJ LeBron type debate? Between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Mahomes recently weighed in on it, what Mahomes had to say about it. And we continue our pre-training camp team previews. Chris Russell from Locked On Washington football team is going to join us. It's the WFT, ready to take the next step with quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic under center for the Burgundy in gold. And then we'll talk to Matt Derry to see where the Lions are in their teardown rebuild up in Detroit. Some exciting news. The Lockdown NFL podcast is coming to YouTube. We already have great content up there, but subscribe now and you won't miss out on any of the shows that are coming on a daily basis from the Lockdown NFL podcast. Subscribe, hit the alerts. So once we're live, you'll get that uh, right to your inbox, get that notification, and you can watch our ugly faces just talk about the NFL, the game you and I both know and love. So Super Bowl 55. Was it just the beginning of the MJ-LeBron debate for Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady? Patrick Mahomes recently weighed in. He was uh, playing golf in the American Century Championship on the shore of Lake Tahoe in Nevada. A great event. Uh, I believe uh, Aaron Rodgers even went after his match performance against Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. But Mahomes, this was via the MMQB. Mahomes was quoted as saying, quote, It's early for the MJ-LeBron stuff. With him and Tom Brady. And and Patrick Mahomes is exactly right. Mahomes has already accomplished so much. He's by far the most talented and biggest star of the league. You know, NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP already at this stage in his career. One and one in Super Bowls. But you have to take into account that Tom Brady was 3-0 and in Super Bowls before he lost his first big game to Eli in the helmet catch from David Tyree. Brady was 10-0 and to start his postseason career. Just unbelievable starts that uh, Mahomes already is behind for. So he's got a long way to go. So I agree. I like that uh, Mahomes has a little self-awareness. And we haven't seen Mahomes have to do what Tom Brady did so many times in New England in his 20 seasons there. And that's adapt to a cap league and seeing all of this roster turnover we haven't. We've we've only seen kind of one iteration of of Patrick Mahomes. He's playing with Tyreek Hill. He's playing with Travis Kelsey. He's got, uh, of course, Andy Reid and and uh, Eric Bieniemy there. We haven't seen that uh, roster, that organization, um, change or turn over very much. We'll see how Patrick Mahomes does once it encounters its first facelift. But um, kind of, a, I appreciate that from Patrick Mahomes. Another thing before we get to. Chris Russell from Locked On Washington football team, Larry Fitzgerald, still claims he doesn't know whether or not he's going to retire this season or even play in 2021. He told ESPN, quote, I haven't decided anything. 
Quote, training camp starts in a few weeks. I'm excited. It's going to be another great year for the NFL. Pretty vague, right? And it's kind of crazy to me at this point that Larry Fitzgerald hasn't decided, and I find that hard to believe. I'm not calling Larry Fitzgerald a liar. Uh, Retirement has been a storyline surrounding Fitz since really 2017. Each and every season, it's something that we debate as far as the Phoenix sports market's concerned. And he takes his time and then usually, inevitably, he comes back and he gets a pretty lucrative deal for the Arizona Cardinals. But most of that money this offseason has, has dried up. It's not like a Brett Favre emotional roller coaster. Is he going to play or is he not? Uh, but there's, there's some drama. It's never gone on this long, I'll say that. In the Cardinals this offseason, they added two wide receivers to their passing attack. A.J. Green comes over from Cincinnati on a free agent deal. And then, of course, they drafted Rondell Moore out of Purdue in the second round. Already DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk on the roster. Very crowded room. I I would have to think that, look, Larry Fitzgerald is at the point in his career where he could sit out the bulk of training camp, miss maybe the entire preseason and still join the cards and be fine, know the offensive and get into the game and be able to try to extend his impressive 256-game catch streak. But uh, if it's not the desert, if he's not coming back and playing with the Arizona Cardinals, which I don't think you can rule out. I mean, we did see Tom Brady leave New England, and I think that that's the craziest thing in in NFL history. Um, But I can only imagine two other destinations beyond Arizona. And one is an easy one, the Vikings, where... You know, Larry Fitzgerald was a ball boy growing up in Minnesota. He spends time there. It would make sense. And then there's Tampa. He could reunite with Bruce Arians in title chase with Tom Brady. But uh, one thing I'll say, I mean, Fitz hates being the center of attention. He doesn't want a lot of fair and fair. He said this before when he hangs up his cleats. He doesn't want, like, the stadium tour, the 17-game farewell. When he does it, he wants to do it under the radar, and this could be him doing that and making sure of that. But, you know, it's pretty crazy that we don't know what Fitz's plans are. Uh, I hope he's back in the desert one last time. I think the Arizona Cardinals are in a position to where they could compete and make a playoff, uh, take take over one of the playoff spots in 2021, and he could kind of see through the end of this rebuild uh, that really started in 2018 with a brutal roster, and they've gone from three wins to five wins to eight wins and, and maybe see him return to the postseason where he's been an absolute monster during his career. But if this is it for Fitz, he'll finish second in basically most every major receiving statistical category only behind Jerry Rice. Unbelievable. It really is considering, you know, he had a handful of seasons with Carson Palmer. He had a handful of seasons with Kurt Warner. And in between that, bunch of ham sandwiches at the quarterback position throwing Larry Fitzgerald the ball and the fact that he's going to be second in most major statistical categories in the NFL history is unreal. And of course Fitz revered all around the NFL. You'd be hard pressed to find anybody to say something negative about him. The things that he's done off the field are Hall of Fame already. I mean he was a Walter Payton man of the year. The things that he does as far as philanthropically in Phoenix and just for the country it's unbelievable. Just an example of how incredible he is off the field. When the late uh, Senator John McCain passed away, Fitz was one of uh, the few that eulogized McCain, and he did it beautifully. And I don't think you could find anybody in the league that would be asked to speak at uh, an event quite like that. So Larry Fitzgerald, if this is it, an incredible career. But love to see him come back 
for season 18, see this thing through with the Arizona Cardinals. As I mentioned, nine Sundays away from NFL Red Zone, as Scott Hansen, our fearless leader on the NFL Red Zone each and every Sunday, pointed out on social media, it's, it's coming, it's coming quick. Cannot wait for the 2021 NFL season. We're going to start to do some, we've already started doing some pre-training camp previews. We continue that. Our guy Chris Russell, he's going to tell us if the Washington football team with Ryan Fitzpatrick and the moves they made this offseason are ready to take the next step after sneaking in the postseason last year. This episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast is brought to you by Built.com. Built Grasshopper Cookie is a limited-time flavor that is around while supplies last. It's unbelievable. It tastes just like the classic Thin Mint Cookie yeah, that you buy from Girl Scouts, but those cookies never had the nutritional value of 150 calories, 17 grams of muscle pack and protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. There's two more limited-time flavors that you can take advantage of all summer long. Orange and strawberry. Unbelievably great-tasting protein bars without cutting any corners health-wise. And then, of course, you've got the nine OG flavors. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. There's something for everybody. Go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order using the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar? It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. It's pretty cool. Yeah, our pre-training camp previews continue here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast. It's Bo Brock. I'm now joined by co-host of the Washington football team, Lockdown Washington football team, Chris Russell joins us. And Chris, uh, it's one more season as the Washington football team. What's the latest news on the name for the organization? Yeah, hey, Bo. Uh, so apparently Jason Wright told uh, the Washington Post and uh, um, a media colleague of mine, Nikki Javala, that, you know, the new team name and logo will be early 2022. So meaning after this upcoming football season, I don't think that's really anything earth shattering. That's right. all. That's pretty much what we were expecting. The question is, is what is early? You know, is early January or is early March or is early, I mean, I guess early would not be May, April or May, I guess, but I mean, could it extend into that? Sure. So, I mean, obviously the timing of this is going to be curious to see when they exactly unfold what they've come up with. And right now it's anybody's guess, to be honest with you. Nobody really has a firm idea on what they're doing. Uh, and <laughs> despite them being a lot more transparent, quite yeah. honestly, it, it's, nobody, it, really, nobody really knows where they're at. It, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's fascinating just kind of following this organization. Obviously, tomorrow is going to be a year since they retired the mascot. And uh, before that, it seemed like Ron Rivera was his hire was the first step in changing the culture there. And uh, as far as on the field, we've seen steps forward in that direction. There's a lot of work left off the field. We just saw the recent punishments of a toxic culture that were levied. What does this organization have? Like, Does it have any other direction to go but up? Yeah, well, nah, I mean, I guess you could always go down, but but <laughs> here's what I said on Friday, which was their 89th anniversary as an organization, starting all the way out in Boston hmm. as you know the the Boston uh, Braves, and and then you know to the Redskins, and so on and so forth, uh, and that obviously they've been in Washington for you know 84 years. Um, this is 
in the last 25 years, by far, this is the most settled ground they're on. This is the best situation, as crazy as the last year and a half has been. And even by Washington football standards, it's been utterly, absurdly insane um, because it's always crazy around here. But with all the Dan stuff and the Washington Post and the fines and the lawsuits and the investigations and all of that stuff, the football operation is in much better shape than it has been for a long time with a real leader like Ron Rivera and a lot of the people he brought in from Carolina. On top of that, the business side, Jason Wright, former Arizona Cardinal running back mm-hmm. uh, and and other teams, Cleveland Browns and so on. He's the president, but he doesn't have anything to do with football operations. He's running the business show and he's brought in all sorts of new people and people that care about people and culture. Right. Which is something this organization has never done under Bruce Allen, under Vinny Serrato, for people that might remember those names. Uh, Even when Joe Gibbs was back for a part two and Mike Shanahan was here, those guys were largely overrun by the people, I guess. And I'll use that term loosely that Dan Snyder had as his henchmen. You know, quite honestly. So now that Dan Snyder is largely removed, if not uh, mostly removed, from having his hands in the cookie jar, Bo, now you have real live human beings, as I like to call them, real live professional adults running things. So they're in good shape. It doesn't mean that they will do everything right, but they're in good shape. Yeah, Larry Michael even exited from the broadcast team. That kind of had a facelift as well. It it just seems like off the field things are trending in the right direction. As you mentioned, as far as just uh, Ron Rivera, that coaching staff, things are looking good. The team snuck into the playoffs because of a down year in the Mm -hmm. NFC East. I, I was curious... What's the state, though, of the Washington football team quarterback situation? Obviously, Fitzmagic coming in. You've got Taylor Haneke coming back. But what's the state of that position? Well, I I mean, everybody looks at it as they don't have the quarterback of the future. Mm -hmm. And they might be right. But what is the future defined as? You know, the future is now. So for one year, they have a what I consider a quality starter. Now, that doesn't mean he's a perfect starter. That doesn't mean he's Tom Brady. But they have a quality starter, right? And then you mentioned Taylor Heineke, who, you know, America got to see in the playoffs. But, you know, like we had seen a little bit of in the late regular season. And then Kyle Allen as well, who had a lot of experience replacing Cam Newton in Carolina and then started and got hurt a couple of times last year here in his first year here. So what I would argue is while they – don't have the quote-unquote quarterback of the long-term future, it could be more than just one year, number one, with Fitzpatrick or whoever. And number two, I challenge you to find me a better one, two, three Hmm. at the quarterback position in the National Football League. It may They don't have the best number one, but I challenge you to find me a better one, two, three. And here's why I say that. In the last three years, Bo, 2018, this was the Alex Smith year, four different starting quarterbacks. 2019, three different starting quarterbacks. 2020, four different starting quarterbacks. Why? Because of injury. So nowadays you need to have not only a strong backup, but you almost need to have a strong backup to the backup. Yeah, it seems, And Washington has that. Yeah, no doubt about it. It seems like the ceiling not very high, but as far as the floor, it's, it's pretty high as far as the quarterback position and maybe even the best situation 
certainly in the NFC East behind Dak, who is there. We've seen what that looks like. Philadelphia, the quarterback position, just Jalen Hurts, and we'll see if he even wins it. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Flacco is the backup at this point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ron Rivera's yep. not in that tough of a position. A lot to love about this WFT offseason. Uh, Fitzmagic, as we've mentioned, William Jackson, the corner coming over from Cincinnati, Curtis Samuel coming from the Carolina Panthers. What was the, what do you, in your opinion, was the most important move this offseason for this organization? So uh, you mentioned William Jackson the third. I I was surprised that they were as aggressive in getting him as they were when they let Darby go and didn't want to match what Denver was going to uh, give Darby. You know, which was ten million dollars a year. Which, by the way, I think was the right move. I don't think tar- Darby's worth ten million dollars a year. Uh, so Denver will find that out. Maybe he'll be fine there because he's got you know other talent around him. Uh, but but here here's why I say William Jackson the third over Curtis Samuel over even Fitzpatrick over whatever is William Jackson the third is going to make them a much more aggressive and physical defense and they're going to play more man than zone. Last year they were about thirty eight percent man sixty two percent zone. I, I would be willing to bet it's going to be you know. 55-45 man to zone. Hmm. So they're going to be much more physical at the line of scrimmage, jamming receivers. They're going to be able to play man, true press man across the board. They drafted Benjamin St. Juice. They have Kendall Fuller. They can move him into the slot if they want. They can keep him outside if they want. He's versatile enough where he can play man and zone. And I think he's better in man than zone, actually. Hmm. St. Juice is, you know, a, a 6'3", you know, 220-pound specimen that looks like he can stick on anybody's hip, quite honestly. Uh, And then again, William Jackson III. So I think what it does is it provides them Jack Del Rio in year two with that pass rush, a much more physical and in-your-face kind of aggressive style that they weren't able to play on the back end last year because they didn't have the speed and that ability and the personnel to do that on the back end last year. Last question for our guy Chris Russell, of course, from the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, what do they have left to figure out before training camp? What's the biggest? Uh, I mean, is it uh, a big position battle going into later this month, or what? In your opinion, do they have left kind of to sort out between now and the start of the regular season? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, Brandon share franchise tag, that deadline coming up in the next couple of days. Nobody here thinks they're going to get a long-term deal done. Uh, so that's one thing. That's more of an immediate thing. Once they get to camp, it's determining who the right tackle is going to be. They let go of veteran Morgan Moses. They drafted Sam Cosby from Texas in the second round. They have a guy named Cornelius Lucas who played a lot of left tackle last year, more of a natural right tackle. They're going to battle at right tackle for the starting job there. Uh, and then I would say on defense, it's Jamin Davis, the number uh, 19 overall pick, first round out of Kentucky. He, during OTAs, was at the Mike linebacker. That's where we're expecting him to stick and stay. I guess it would be surprising at this point if they move him around and put John Bostic back there. I think the plan right now is to go forward with him at the mic and just get his feet wet continuously there. That's, I guess seeing him adjust to that and grow in that role is going to be the biggest, I guess, set of intrigue on the defensive side as well. What's great about this, as far as the team's concerned, the Washington football team, the organization, is the uh, headlines are coming more, become more about this team 
than about maybe the organization and the off-the-field issues, and that's why you have to tune in to Chris Russell, David Harrison, Washington football team before they have to switch their their podcast name again in 2022. (laughs) Chris, thank you so much for your time, man. At least we don't have to do that until the end of the year. So uh, we've been through a couple of switches now. And, 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 you know, I mean, we'll just keep rocking and rolling with the punches, Bo. All right, man. I always appreciate it. Can't wait to talk to you before the regular season. Absolutely. Thanks, pal. We're going to find out the latest on the Detroit Lions rebuild, what the expectations are under new coach Dan Campbell. Is he continuing up the momentum that he created in his introductory press conference? We're going to talk to Locked On Lions host Matt Derry. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? Your computers with access to rockauto.com are at home and in your pocket. It's it's easier. It's way easier. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more on the same parts from chain stores or the car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. And how did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Yeah, continuing our pre-training camp team previews here on Locked On NFL. Of course, we just talked to Chris Russell of the Washington football team. Now we're going to talk to a team in a full teardown rebuild. Matt Derry, the very talented host of Locked On Lions, joins us here. Bo Brock here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Derry Speaks on Twitter. Matt, before we get into the conversation here about Dan Campbell's Lions, This offseason, there's been a ton of hype surrounding former Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford. He's landing on a lot of top 10 quarterback rankings. He's a higher betting favorite to win the NFL MVP than Tom Brady. Are you buying the Matthew Stafford hype in 2021? Wait a minute, Bo. There's Matt Stafford hype this offseason? I haven't heard it. Jeez, enough already. My God. Look, Matthew Stafford's a, a great person. Uh, awesome in the community and, and a legend in Detroit for sure. But my goodness, uh, a change of scenery and, and, and all of a sudden Sean McVay is apparently going to sprinkle some sort of magic dust on him and turn him into a top five quarterback. I'm not buying it. I think he's going to have a very good year. I think he's playing on a very good team. I think Matthew Stafford winning one playoff game to finally get over that winning one playoff game mountain would be uh, uh, realistic this year. But let's stop with this. Let's move him into the top five, top ten. I think brink of top ten, I get it. But uh, <laughs> let's not crown him yet, uh, as your guy Denny Green, uh, God rest his soul, many years ago said. I, I'm not ready to do that just yet. You want to crown him, crown him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Matthew <laughs> Stafford, right. he is who we think he is, right? I mean, as you mentioned, zero playoff wins. He's got one Pro Bowl under his belt and uh, you know, a lot of what-ifs from his Detroit Lions tenure, but now he's a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, the trade went down this offseason. Look, Dan Campbell, he won the introductory press conference. Matt, what's has he kind of kept up that momentum the rest of the offseason? What's, what's the latest from Detroit? 
Yeah, I'll say this about Dan Campbell. He's real. He's legit uh, when it comes to being uh, – uh, uh, there's no phoniness here. Um, I know – I think there are some fans that are getting a little tired of the circus. Every interview, he's saying something. You know, one minute he's on with Pat McAfee talking about, you know, well, obviously the introductory press conference and the kneecap biting. Then he was talking to Mike Silver recently and made a comment about, uh, I'm not going to wipe the uh, butts, uh, he used the other word, of my players. And so that, that is who he is. He is legit. This is There's no act. There's no phoniness. You know, Matt Patricia, when he first started, he was like, oh, what a great guy. And then a month in, the players hated him. And he did a 180 and became a jerk. So, like, you're going to see what you, you're seeing what you get from Dan Campbell. And that is certainly a positivity. And everybody's excited about that. The question is, Bo, can he coach? You know, 17 17 game with two minutes to go. And the Lions have the football driving. Are he and Anthony Lynn on the same page? Are they calling the right plays? Are they using their timeouts properly? Are they using their challenge flags properly uh, when they go for two and not go for two? Is Dan Campbell. He's got the players bought in. The question now is, can he do it during the game? Is that what the biggest test of 2021 is going to be for this Detroit Lions organization? Because talent-wise on the roster, I think everybody recognizes this is a full teardown rebuild. Is it uh, kind of 2021 going to tell us whether or not Dan Campbell can kind of be an NFL head coach, that see if he belongs? Or what else is there for this Lions organization going into training camp? Well, no, I, I'll be honest. That's part of it. But I yeah. also think they need to find out who their quarterback is. Okay. Uh, is Jared Goff the guy or not? Um, they've got two years to decide on that. He's got two years left on his deal. They could cut him after this next season and, and, and cut bait the way they've structured it. But Brad Holmes, the new general manager, coming from L.A., where he helped uh, Les Need and that group draft Jared Goff, I think Brad Holmes thinks – we're going to get Jared Goff under Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn, Mark Brunel as quarterback's coach, and we're going to get the Jared Goff from three years ago, not the Jared Goff the last two years that regressed. If that's the case, he'll play himself into another contract, and the Lions won't have to draft their quarterback for the future or maybe not have to take that person in the top five this coming year. I think everybody agrees, and Vegas says over-under on wins is five, so Vegas projects him at five and 12. So that would mean a top three, top four pick, you would assume, and there are plenty of quarterbacks out there. But if golf plays well, the defense still sucks, and Campbell's coaching is average, and the schedule's brutal too, and they end up 5-12 and 12 or 6-11, and 11, then you might go, hmm, we might have a quarterback here. We don't have to waste one early in the draft. That's what I think is most important. They knew they had a quarterback before in Stafford who was very good. I never call him great, but very good. But now the receiving core is, is barren. Uh, I think the running game will be better. The O-line's better. And the defense can't be any worse than it was a year ago, but still has holes. So, yeah, I think finding out if Campbell can coach, yes. But I think Goff, that's a big question, too. I mean, it was much publicized that Sean McVay was in Jared Goff's ear all the way up into the you know the deadline, 15 seconds left on the play clock. Has there been any discussion who would potentially be doing that on Detroit's sidelines? I mean, would he be talking? Would Burnell be giving him insight? Or do they feel to kind of take the training wheels off of a guy like Jared Goff as he's at this stage in his career? I think Anthony Lynn, uh, as offensive coordinator, I like that hire. Yeah. Um, will will give Goff a little bit more freedom than I think McVay gave him. And that's okay. Why not see why not throw the rope to him and tell him to do something with it and yeah. find out if he pulls the team in the right direction? Or of course, uh, 
I hate I hate this term hang themselves, but you know what I mean. Yeah, put themselves in a position where uh, it, the rope it, it was too loose and he didn't do enough with it. Uh, he's got a very good tight end in T.J. Hawkinson, but other than that, I don't know Bo who he's throwing to. Uh, this receiving core, you lose Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, uh, Jamal Agnew. They're all gone. So it, it's it's Tyrell Williams and a bunch of young guys. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's going to work. So let's see. Let's find out. The O-line is good. That's the one thing you can say is the Lions probably their best unit is with Ragnow at center. That's a Pro Bowl player. Taylor Decker, left tackle. That's a, a borderline Pro Bowl player. Um, if they can run the ball a little bit and play Dan Campbell-style football. Remember when he was the interim in 2015 with the Dolphins, he loved running Lamar Miller a lot. So let's see if they do that with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. They like the backs that they have. And and we'll see if golf can win him some games. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, joins us here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Derry Speaks. And you mentioned Brad Holmes. He also comes over from L.A., taking over the GM role. How would you, uh, I guess, how would you grade his offseason so far? Has he done what he needed to do? And it's tough to grade, obviously, in a rebuilding situation. You're going to have to, obviously, try to play fortune teller here. The attitudes are good. He's hired some really good people uh, on both the coaching staff with the assistant coaches. I know Dan Campbell had a hand in that as well. But front office-wise, you know, John Dorsey, that's a nice hire. As long as John doesn't think by week five he's running the show, that's a good guy to lean on. Ray Agnew, very good hire. Um, They've kept some people that that, want to tiptoe around the building like, hey, we know what we're doing. They've kept them at bay. They want to be on one page where it's Brad and Dan and they're organized, good attitudes. Uh, Going out and getting Michael Brockers was huge. That's a nice guy to have in the locker room, put on that D-line, let him anchor that D-line with hopefully a healthy Trey Flowers. They kept Romeo Quara, their best pass rusher. He could have left in free agency. He stayed. What does that tell you? Uh, Yeah, they paid him, but still, Romeo could have left. Um, so I like so far what, what, what Holmes has done. I thought the draft was good. You know, you get Panay Sewell early. Then you stay with two back-to-back D linemen in Onzerike and McNeil. And, and no one thought they needed D linemen in the second and third rounds. But you know what? They went best available. They went physical. So I like that. And I think that uh, attitudes have been good. Got a, a receiver later in the draft in, in St. Brown, who I like. So, so far, I think Brad Holmes has done all right. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with building the lines, offensive, defensive. We've seen that that has a solid track record of helping expedite rebuilds, and then you can kind of put some playmakers around there. Uh, before we get you out of here, and you've been so fantastic with your time, what's the best position battle? i got to imagine there's a ton of them going into Lions camp uh, later this month. Uh, that's a good question. Um I think a receiver, I don't, I mean, Tyrell Williams, they signed from the Raiders. I I assume he's receiver one. I don't know about two or three, four. Uh, That will be a battle. Like I said, Amon Ross St. Brown, the rookie, um, uh, is somebody they like a lot. Quintez Cephas was a fifth rounder last year, but a Bob Quinn draft pick. So I don't know if that'll work against him or for him. Uh, He has to perform. Um, I like, you know, at cornerback, you've got Jeff Okuda on one side, who was a top three pick a year ago. And really didn't play well as a rookie. Uh, actually, the Cardinal game was probably his best game. Uh, so you got to see him a little bit, Bo. But then, at, opposite of him, I like the battle between uh, Amanio Ruarier. These are funny names. Amanio Ruarier and Ify Melifonwu, the fourth-round pick from Syracuse. I think that's going to be a, an intriguing battle to watch because I think this kid, Melifonwu, can really play. 
And I think Oruwarie in the right system can help. Uh, I think he at times he struggled because he was in that Patricia defense that, you know, it was bend and break. So uh, I think that's an interesting one to watch. Um, other than that, you know, I think that the D line is 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 deep. Linebacker, I have no idea, and then the, the, the secondary, we'll see. But you know, I, I think that that second receiver spot and that opposite corner of Okuda spot will be interesting to watch uh, later in this, this month. And it's a great conversation being had on Locked On Lions with our guy Matt Derry. Matt, thank you so much for your time, man. We'll talk to you down the line right before the start of the regular season. Thanks, Bo. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On NFL Podcast. Please subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Already have some great content up there, but we've got great daily content headed your way from this podcast. Please subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. And make sure, of course, you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Network. Follow me at B-O-B-R-E-C-K. Tomorrow, Lucas Braun and Ross Jackson. They're talking fantasy football, the latest news from the NFL, and they're previewing the Green Bay Packers with the great Peter Bukowski, of course, who you could listen to today and every day on the Locked On Today podcast where you can get all your sports news in under 20 minutes as Bukowski updates you on the latest news every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You guys have a great rest of your Monday, great week, and I'll talk to you guys next time on the Locked On NFL podcast.